Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Retro Review, courtesy of your very own wrestling purist. My name is Ryan, alongside Jeff, as always. And, you know, I like to say, you know, Jeff's my brother, but sometimes you don't need a brother. You just need a partner. (laughs) That was terrible. It was. Uh, But you know what? Back for the first time since the last shoot episode that we had on the podcast it is the one and only six shooter himself uh one half of wrestling recommendations it is eddie shepherd thanks for having me back guys god damn it i said this before he came on it just feels right you know yeah, i agree i can't yeah i can't really explain it um it just feels natural it's probably because travis is such a bitch <laughs> And we're uh, off. They call they call him the natural. He's a natural bitch. <laughs> natural can be. Uh well damn. Um we haven't seen you since September. What's been what's been going on? Busy. Just constantly busy. My daughter was playing basketball through winter, right into uh she actually did softball practice throughout winter as well. We did it indoors. Now softball's full swing. She's still doing basketball practice, 14 long. She's going to be doing uh, – softball's going to be over, and then it's going to be something else. It just never ends. God damn it. Um, wrestling recommendations still going strong, especially on TikTok. TikTok, man. It's, it's gotten over. It's been pretty cool. It's helped. I will say our uh, our – streams downloads have gone up quite a bit and uh we're still trucking man um i know th- uh, the day this episode comes out our new episode comes out it's gonna be uh chris benoit versus kurt angle so i'm curious to see what kind of heat we get for having a chris benoit match on our podcast eh, people can go fuck themselves hey we All didn't right. choose it we put it on the list the uh wheel of destiny randomly chose it we didn't choose it there we go it was it was the gods that chose it. It wasn't you. The wrestling gods. But again, spin the, pe- spin, pe- spin the wheel, make the deal. You're right. You're right. You know what? People can go fuck themselves. Though, uh, I know? actually, you know, I, I as I did my research and everything for that match and started just seeing Doc after I, you know, kind of researched it, watched a lot of SmackDown episodes around that time period. And 
I watched a documentary about you know some of the stuff that happened with Chris. Mm. I felt I felt really I felt almost like in a weirdly like a really weird place where I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't want people to take the wrong idea and be like, "Oh, I'm glory glorifying this man that murdered you know his wife, his son, and himself." So uh, I actually put a disclaimer at the uh, beginning of this episode. So, um, kind of just saying we're we're not con, con, uh, commending him for what he did, but uh, we can't you know ignore the wrestler that he was. So hopefully people can distinguish what we're trying to do. Well, people love to be offended. And I mean, two things can be true. He can be an absolute terrible person and a, and a very great wrestler. Like they both can be true, but people never want to, you know, acknowledge the, the, the other part. Well, what kind of gave me a little bit more hope to actually, you know, for sure roll through with the episode is Kurt Angle. You know, he talks about it a lot in his podcast and he's like, no, I don't, like, I don't glorify anything that Chris Benoit has done. He's like, but he's a big part of my legacy. And I kept mm-hmm. hearing that. I'm like, well, I'm like, I want to preserve Kurt Angle's legacy more than anybody. So uh, really excited for that episode to drop tomorrow. It's going to be a good one. Let's talk some takeover. It's the whole point why we got Eddie on this damn show to begin with. Um, but then the draft happened and shit happened. So here we are. Um, we're talking NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Uh, we have April 7th, 2018 from the Smoothie King Center. Um, in New Orleans, Louisiana, we had just under 14,000 in attendance for this card, and it is widely regarded as one of the best takeover events in NXT history. Yeah, I, I actually have my notes here, boys. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I know that you know we haven't had an episode um, from... NXT Evolution in a in a hot second, and I know wrestling recommendations has kind of taken over, um, but we have you on as our NXT guy, essentially. You know, our our you know ace in the hole here. So. Yeah. So before you even get into the show, really quick, I, I just want to share this. Me and Travis actually caught an NXT show in uh, Knoxville the February before this, so like a, like a couple of weeks or a couple of months like before this. Oh, yeah. And I had to look up the cards. I forgot, but me and Travis ended up sitting next to Bianca Belair's family, and oh, it was just shit. like nonstop. It's like that's my that's my uh, that's my niece, or I can't remember who it was. But I'll, oh, I'll, let me run this down for you real quick. So it was No Way Jose versus uh, defeated Caesar uh, Benoni. Oh yeah, uh, and then this match ruled Roderick Strong defeated Cassius Ono. Oh jeez. Oh, they, do they beat the piss out of each other? I remember Shayna Baszler and Lacey Evans defeated Nikki Cross and Dakota Kai. Mm. Alistair Black defeated the Velveteen Dream. Oh, wow. Uh, as a six-man tag, uh, Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf defeated uh, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. Uh, Holy shit. Amber Moon uh, defeated Bianca Belair. They put her in the title match. She was still relatively new, but that yeah. it was in Knoxville. And then uh, the main event was Johnny and Candice versus Zelina Vega and Andrade. Whoa, that's a solid card. It was a fun show. Yeah. Um, when you were sitting take- next to Zelina Vega, was it as bad as when we sat next to uh, Hood Tits' kids and the whole time it was go daddy, go daddy, go? It, honestly, uh, it wasn't Z- you said Zelina. It was Bianca. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, but no, it, it – 
they were really into it, but like you know, me and Travis were smart asses, so but we wanted to say things, but we couldn't say things because <laughs> we're never gonna be allowed back here. It was great. It was like I said, it was in Knoxville, and like I think our tickets were like twenty bucks, and we were pretty damn close for twenty bucks. Look, as Jeff as Jeff always says, you can pay twenty bucks to go see guys you're watching on TV right now. For oh, fucking you, peanuts. You used to, not anymore. I remember the same thing I saw NXT. I guess maybe it was before. Yeah, well, it was before this because Asuka was the champ. And Bobby Roode was on the card. And Joe was on the card. And it was, I think it was in Baltimore. But, mm. yes. It, but same deal. Like, as uh, Eddie, you know, 10 feet away. You know, second row, you know, well, for $35. And you could see everybody you wanted to see. It's just like when we went to the Cruiserweight Classic Finals and then the NXT tapings next the next day, tickets were like $10 for the Cruiserweight Classic and they were like $15 for the NXT taping. Yeah, Dumb. it's crazy. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, but just a little bit of what's going on here. Uh, we have a new championship being introduced. Into NXT, it is the North American Championship. Um, we do have a ladder match to determine the inaugural champion. Um, Ember Moon is your current NXT Women's Champion, also known as Athena currently. Uh, the current Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, also known as the woman who is the King of Strong Style, I guess, in Ring of Honor. I can't fucking tell you. But she likes to break people's faces. That's for Hell sure. yeah. Um, Undisputed Era running things. They are in. Um, so this is. They're in the finals. They are defending their titles in the finals for the Dusty Classic. Um, we've got some teams there. We'll get to those. Andrade is your current NXT champion um, coming off of that barn burner at TakeOver Philadelphia. Uh, with him and Johnny Gargano with five and a half. I believe it's five and a half stars. Uh, courtesy of Daddy Dave. Hey, this oh. is obli- obligatory. Let me get it out of the way. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. Yeah! Fuck you, Dave. Uncle Dave. Um, and then obviously the fallout from that and the fallout from last summer is leading to our main event. It is the unsanctioned match with Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Gargano's job is on the line once again. So, um, let's jump in. Let's get this rolling. Uh, we got uh, the band Kane Hill uh, playing the theme song uh, for this pay per view. While we get some, while we get the video package, it was, it was lengthy. It was like five or six minutes, I think. I thought it's cool that they did stuff like this because oh, it, it, it made it mm-hmm. made it feel different than the main roster. That's what I liked about it. Yeah, because the main roster at this point was so cookie cutter with sets and even commentary, even down to commentary teams where a lot of the same commentary was in the same breath. It was so nice to see NXT with its own personality, its own vibe, um, whatever you want to call it, it. It it separated itself from the other two WWE brands. Yeah, this this is the time period where um, a lot of my Mark friends weren't watching WWE. We were just watching Ring of Honor and NXT because NXT was like uh, uh, 
like once you graduated from Ring of Honor, then you went to NXT. If that, if that makes well, literally, yeah. literally, and then like that kind of was like the next thing. It was like if it, this NXT and even before this, obviously, but it was like I said, it was almost like if Ring of Honor was a big company, it was NXT. If you know, black and yellow at least. So this was still good stuff, good wrestling, good storylines. You got to see most of the guys and girls um, that were kind of in the indies on Ring of Honor and, and just about everywhere else. But yeah, this was just such a good time to watch wrestling. And this is what I don't, this is what really chaps my ass is that these 2017ers, like if you want to shit on Ring of Honor, I get it to some extent because that's a whole world that you know nothing about. You know, you just don't know anything about that world. But to not even watch like black and yellow, black and gold NXT is it's you're just doing yourself such a disservice. And it was the best hour of television. Yes, and it just it just kills me. Like it's all wrestling. At, listen, at its core, it's an hour of TV with with wrestling with more wrestling than skits and bits. And that's that's the thing of the past nowadays on both shows, but yeah um but we open right up with this uh ladder match uh for the inaugural nxt north american championship uh we get ec3 um doesn't stand for anything anymore because it's copyrighted by you know impact but this is ethan carter the third also known as Derek bateman um he is uh the top one percent um too bad we couldn't use him for jack and shit no man he had to control his narrative <laughs> fuck the narrative um the ec3 taking on killian dane part of sanity adam cole uh hey, re representing thank you uh representing the undisputed era uh velveteen dream um lars lars sullivan movie star and ricochet <laughs> i heard he was sponsored by aw root beer but i could be wrong <laughs> jesus i mean just the biggest hypocrite ever <laughs> um so daddy dave has got this at a five-star classic here um agree or disagree I uh, go ahead, go ahead. It, it's hard for me to judge a ladder match in a rating system because I feel like everything in a ladder match has been done. Like you mm -hmm. hit the climax, Money in the Bank matches. When it became more, you know, WrestleMania, it felt big, and then it became a pay per view, and then they were doing like three of them or two of them in a in a, in a show. Um, it, it's hard to pick out what's what's there and what's not. However, the spots not even re like using the ladder. What is what makes this match pretty damn good? Yeah, so I'm with Eddie. It's really hard to judge these things, but I would say yes, just because there was more actual wrestling, which actually flies in the face of this. Because you would say, well, like, shouldn't there be less wrestling and more more people trying to get to the top of the ladder? Like, yes. But with that being said, the wrestling that was done throughout this match made sense. Uh, there wasn't a there's there's also there's always a bunch I mean there's always some my, some bit of you know hokey fucking bullshit during these things but 
this one was just so light. It, there just was more wrestling, more guys trying to prove a point, trying to incapacitate the other one to get to the belt. You know, it just, it, it worked for me. And like Eddie said, in a realm of these things where now you just, I mean, even then, but now where you just have guys just doing spots just to do them because people are waiting for them. Like back in 2018 here during this ladder match, they weren't having this ladder match for Uncle Dave and his stars. They were having a ladder match. So, yeah, completely well, agree. Yeah. Um, real quick, I think that in terms of five star rating, I agree with both. I think that in terms of actual wrestling ability and what we saw, I think it is. But I also do think at the same time, to Eddie's point, a ladder match or I think really any type of gimmick match, I really think it's hard to appropriately grade. Because take, for example, a Hell in a Cell match. Um, I wasn't really a fan of the one that we had at WrestleMania 39 with Finn and Edge. Um, I, it just didn't vibe with me. But some people might say, oh, well, they used the structure really well. They played to its strengths, so they're going to rate it higher. Where if I look at the wrestling, there wasn't a whole lot of wrestling going on but the psychology was good so the the grades won't line up there so in a match like this where dave has it at five stars it's very curious to see where his mindset is and how he grades you know like gimmick matches yeah i mean uh, that's fair yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the rating system's bullshit anyway. But uh, to anybody, you know, it, it's a great match. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I don't, I can't believe this is the greatest ladder match ever, just because I've seen other ladder matches that do the exact same thing. Insert player one, player two, player three. Yeah. However, I the stuff they did, like I said earlier, between you know the ladder, like Ricochet hitting his spots. Ricochet shined like a a diamond in this damn match, and Adam Cole was just undeniable in NXT. Like it, I can't think of a time when a guy showed up and just generated that kind of buzz consistently. It never died off. He still got that buzz, even when you know the pandemic happened and all that, and they were still having some fans come in. He was still he was still getting you know a buzz, and uh, I mean it's carried over to AEW now, which you know. Not as many people see that, but he was undeniable in the match. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say this is the best. Um, I didn't when I agreed like a five star short. I didn't I, I didn't think this was the best ladder match ever because, like you said, you know, insert people here. But yeah, this this ladder match was. I mean, of course, you could pick somebody. But you you also kind of had a hard time in this match picking like okay well like well Killian Dane's Laura Sullivan's gonna eat the pin right or not the pin but like eat the spot to to go up or 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 you know Velveteen Dream's gonna be at the top you know knocking somebody down in the last minute you know you really you really didn't know now I obviously living it watching it real time I mean they had to put well I'm gonna say they had to they can do what they want but I was like you're not gonna bring Cole in here and not put the belt on him. That's what I assumed, and that's what they spoiler is what they did. But it just was a there weren't any throwaway wrestlers in here. Like maybe you yeah. could say Lars Sullivan, maybe, but I mean, even he, I mean, everybody here was getting pushed um to some extent. I mean, that's a novel thing, believe it or not. You can actually push more than one person, but everybody here was 
on the same level playing field as everybody else, like in ring wise and believability wise. And I think that's why this match for me worked a lot. Like there wasn't just one guy in here to get bumped all over the place. No, everybody was doing things in the realm that they do them in. No one was kind of uh, not it, people weren't doing shit that they couldn't do, if that makes sense. Yeah, Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan are good foils in this match. Yes, they're they're fantastic because you can do all these crazy spots to them, but they're also big guys, so they can get themselves over with their weight and their strength. So, and then it plays off well with the smaller guys like Cole and uh, Ricochet, and then you have you know super athletic guys. You know, it's kind of taboo now to kind of put over Velveteen Dream, but it is what it is. Uh, I think you can make an argument that he's one of the best homegrown talents in NXT at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. Um, so another ladder match that was five stars, courtesy of Dave Meltzer. Um, Jeff and I have covered it on this show, and we both kind of agree it's not really to that caliber. Um, but Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania ten. And as Jeff is, <laughs> I think I think it's more so. I think I think that match is more so rated a five just because of how innovative it was for the time. And and that's and see that's where the grading scale is fudged because because you know where where are we looking here when we're grading? You know what I'm saying? Like like oh, is it a five star because it's you know innovative, or is it five stars because of the wrestling, or is it well, five stars you- for this? You could argue the same thing too, because doesn't Melter rate the first Hell in a Cell match a five star? He does. We're going to be covering it here in a couple of weeks. Well, well th- th- yes. The problem is that this five star rating that he's adopted into his own isn't actually his. Now I could do a whole fucking podcast on why it isn't, but you know you can thank Jim Cornette and Weasel Dooley for that. But the idea of again guys doing matches for stars just fucking drives me nuts and. The reason why the hell, the reason why the Shawn Michaels, Eddie's right. The reason why the Shawn Michaels match was a five star just because it was new and innovative and not portrayed on the main level, uh, not on main, but like on 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 television back in those days. That actually wasn't the first ladder match. They were having ladder matches in Stampede Wrestling. Maybe not to this to that extent with Shawn Michaels, but you know. Well, so I, I mean, think, Sean well, and Razor had like six ladder matches leading up to that on house shows just to get the yeah, spots ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and hell, as, as well as they should. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem with, with, with that, especially during like sem- semi kayfabe uh, wrestling. But, but yeah. Again, l- l- anytime you have these ladder matches, TLC matches and all, like, they're always going to be hard to grade just because. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's just going to be, you know, some furniture moving and pandemonium and everything else that, that goes with these things. And, 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 and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's just, it's just what it is. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing that tells me otherwise for this one that's not a five-star match. I mean, it's everything you really want. I mean, the psychology, I mean, it's very basic and, you know, elementary if you want to – take it to that level but it's guys trying to win and establish their place in history as you know the the inaugural nxt north american champion so for the psychology portion and you know 
what everybody's drive is is very basic. Um, but it works because the match itself is so chaotic. You didn't need to add anything else into it. You didn't need to add, you know, any side plots or maybe anything other than maybe like a passing glance. You know, you didn't. Every um, yeah, mm. um, you didn't need guys Canadian destroying each other to four stacks of tables outside snapping their legs. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, It'd be like that sometimes. Oh wait, hold on. Thunder Rosa can go fuck herself because they had mats out there. Where the fuck were you on the hat one there, Chief? Yeah. And fuck her. People don't fucking, forget. Fucking bitch. Uh, yeah. Really really quick, too. I think another reason why this match is kind of, you know, garnered you know, so well is everyone was just excited to finally get a mid-card title in NXT. It was a long time coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of guys. Uh, me and Travis always talk about Tyler Breeze would have been the, the first ever mid-card champion if it would have been around during his time because that man would have worked his ass off and deserved it. Yeah. Um, Tyler – Tyler Breeze is the Dolph Ziggler of NXT. Um, 100%. Uh, if I could uh, just tell a quick story. So during this time, or even, even, even way before this, Tyler Breeze, uh, his, his, his theme music was my ringtone. And I remember it coming on a couple times at work and people looking like, what in the hell is that? Is it my eyes? When you when look, you at, look it, at me? <laughs> yeah. He is so gorgeous. Yes. Get you free. Could it be my one? What is going on? (laughs) You guys don't know Prince Pretty? (laughs) (laughs) Guess not. The very first NXT show I saw, the main event, like saw live, the main event was Finn Balor versus Tyler Breeze. So that was uh, Mm. was pretty fun. Been been a big, big fan ever since. Yeah. Um, but no, this match is fantastic. Um, no standing around waiting for spots to happen. Um, one spot that kind of made me appreciate, um, black and gold a little more. I mean, not that it wasn't already appreciated, but, um, there was a spot where, um, I forget who was in the ring, but it was Ricochet and they were tipping him off the ladder or something or something, but he looked back for like a split second and then like used the ropes and then did some kind of fucking cork corkscrew plancha or, you know, shooting star off of the ropes to the outside. I appreciated it because a, we weren't standing around for days waiting B it's not like we just took a leap of faith and just doing what whatever whatever we want to do. That makes Ricochet an absolute professional. See, it makes it so much more believable, and it puts you on the edge of your seat when you see a guy, even even a Ricochet's caliber, even look back for a split second to make sure that he's hitting what he wants to hit. Some something about this spot in general just made me just so appreciative of what we had. It's what you said in that rant. Professional. Or professionalism. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I agree. Facts. Um, but at the end of the day, um, Adam Cole climbs the ladder very rapidly. Um, 
And see, we we talked about this 31-minute ladder match, and not one point did we talk about guys climbing a ladder. That's Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You mean like, oh, my hand's actually on it, but there's a strong wind in here, and I'm waiting for the next guy to come up here and pull me down. Nope. Yeah. Didn't have any of that. Now, I say there were some times where they were where they were in arm's reach of the ladder, but there was another guy climbing the ladder. So in terms of that, I think it's I think it's very much perception because in hindsight you could say, oh well, yeah, you could reach up and just grab it. But you know, do you want to waste well, your energy to reach up, grab it, so you're leaving your body exposed? Well, well, listen, for these ladder matches, you always have that. But the difference yeah. is, to me, in my personal opinion, is you don't have a guy up grabbing a belt and looking, okay, I'm, wait, I'm waiting. Because if, if, you're, if you're really grabbing it, you're looking up trying to grab it, and you're not worried about who's coming to get you, right? You know what I'm saying? You're trying to hurry up and grab it and pull it down. Yep. It's when guys are grabbing it, and, and they play it off as in like, oh, I'm looking down to see if someone's coming to get me. No, you're looking to see if. Like when, you know, hey, who's, you know, when it, the spot's coming up for someone to come pull me off of here or I'm too early or I'm too late or I'm too something for this spot in air quotes. Yeah. Spot on. Um, but yeah, everybody had time to shine. Everybody looked good. Um, five, five stars. Great match. Great match. Great looking belt too. Oh yeah, love the belt. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Is this the be- is this the best NXT takeover opener? Um, I can't put it in other in other levels just because it's a gimmick it's, match. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, I, I was I would say not close because it's a lot of match. Yeah, there's a lot of good okay. tag matches that were put on. Yeah, uh, takeovers that kind of steal the show as well, um, but uh, it's a great match. But I don't, I, to me, I don't the, traditional wise. I could, I couldn't say yes. All right, respect. Um, so right after that, we get a commercial for WrestleMania 34. All right, uh, we get a uh, peek in at, at Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, still has all three portions of his name. Um, he's there with Zelina Vega. Then we get a video package for our next matchup. It is for the NXT Women's Championship. It is Ember Moon defending against Shayna Baszler. Oh, uh, well. This was a thing. I, I at my notes I have it. It's a it's a completely acceptable match. It is what it is. <laughs> so in so let me put it this way: in hindsight, looking at the rest of the card, looking at how the rest of the card kind of played out, this is the only match that should have been after that ladder match. I agree. It's in the yeah. right spot, and I think that's part of it too. Is a lot of that uh, the the. The come down is the come down like spot right here is, is this yeah. match and mm-hmm. and they they do get saddled that way and I do feel bad for them because I Ember Moon and NXT fucking hitting her finish 
oh my god it was fucking fantastic it was the coolest thing to see because the way that people would sell it um and they're starting to make Shayna baszler a big deal uh, i know she would kind of go on uh to lose the title to Kyrie Sane, but she'd regain it and hold it for pretty much the right like for like what like a year mm-hmm. yeah 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 it was something bonkers like that um but yeah yeah this was placed correctly um Ember Moon and NXT at least was under a little bit of control, so she wasn't uh, the queen of strong style yet. Or bot so. style. <laughs> um, um, hot take. Um, everybody in WWE is also in better shape than they are in AEW and wrestling and a better wrestler. Or, or not, not being able to do all the skits and bits and flips and toilets that you always wanted to try in a damn wrestling mm-hmm. ring when you're in WWE, for what it's mm-hmm. worth. Um, real quick, Ember Moon did win the title um, at TakeOver War Games. It was a fatal four-way with Kyrie Sane, Nikki Cross, and Peyton Royce. Um, this Peyton is Royce. because... This is because Asuka held the title for 522 days and then relinquished it. Um, but spoiler, Trina Baszler wins here. She would hold it for 133 days, um, Kyrie Sane for 71, and then Shayna Baszler for 416. Yeah. And she should have. She was, really, she was really good. Yeah, and I will say that for what Shayna Baszler brought from a technical aspect, I think in a way it almost made up for any of the pro wrestling deficiencies that she had. Um, but she made it look good, and that's the thing is that is that she gets it and she's making it look convincing. Yeah, I, I've always been a Shayna Baszler fan. She's um. I don't know. She, she's what Ronda Rousey wanted to be or thought she was. She her her work is okay. It's not the greatest, but it's not going to drop you in your head or anything. She's a real shooter. Everything she does looks good, and she's different in the sense of she's not blonde hair with her. You know what? With her, you know what's you know pressed up under her chin. She has her own deal going on. She's legit. She beats people up. All of her stuff looks good. I'm a big Shanna Baszler fan. I'm going to apologize right now, guys, because my phone was dying as I'm doing this. So if my mic sounds terrible, I apologize. But uh, some I might say something that's kind of controversial. Uh, but I kind of feel the same way about um, Zoe Stark. Is they're not a conventional looking woman. They're not the prettiest woman. Mm-hmm. But I like that about them for that reason. Yep. Well, I'm. And, I'm with, go ahead, and go ahead. I, I do believe having Triple H behind Shayna Baszler made a world of difference than it has Vincent Mann being behind Ronda Rousey. Yes. Yep. Um, I will say to your point on Zoe Stark, um, I definitely think they both have a different look, but I think that's what's appealing about it is that, is that, yeah, it's not your conventional look and yeah, it's not <laughs> what you would typically expect from a WWE if you want to call him a diva or, you know, even, even, you know, just a superstar in general. But uh, w- again, what they, what they, you know, lack in other departments that you look for in your typical WWE superstar, they make up for with their in-ring prowess. Yep. Spot on. 
Um, but I do really enjoy the finish to this match. Um, Ember Moon goes for the Eclipse. Uh, Bezo catches her in the Kirifuda Clutch. That part I liked. Um, I hate how the technical submission has been commonplace in professional wrestling. Like it, it's it's fine in spots, but it's overused now in 2023, and it's you, you, it's you, it's lost its luster. You mean like the t- like tapping out or just going out? No, it's just going out. I think that there's a difference between when we should use it and when we can use it. You know, I think when we can use it, it's just, oh, well, we don't want to make them look weak. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, that's b- bingo. That's what I was going to say. It's never used correctly. It's used yeah. to get out of booking, which it's kind of for, but when you do it all the time, you know, exactly. uh, insert person going out here because they're a big name and the person's a big name and we want to go another pay-per-view. Well, then now it's lost its luster. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um, but that was the finish of this match. And Shayna Baszler does win. She is our, uh, the queen of spades. Give her her credit here and her due. Um, is the new NXT women's champion. So we pan over. We see uh, Ronda Rousey and Jessamyn Duke in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> hooray! Uh, God, you see Ronda Rousey and Mikey McMikerson. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, um. Right after that, we get a video clip from um, Fighting With My Family. Paige here. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Just uh, um, Paige, Paige better than Soraya. Yeah. Uh, Soraya is going to get somebody killed. Sorry. Sorry if, sorry if you're listening to this and you're like, what? Yeah, Saraya's gonna drop something on our fucking neck soon. And it's and whose fault's it gonna be? <sighs> it's gonna Stop. be that it's it's gonna it's gonna be the Coke Lord himself, Tony Khan. Come on. Oh. It should be WWE's fault somehow. But go ahead. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. Uh The Rock didn't promote the movie that much. So that's why. Um anyway. Uh, we get a, what I think is a great kind of quick shot in the back. Um, Adam Cole is being looked at by medical, um, and he is there with Kyle O'Reilly. The, un- the Undisputed Era are currently the tag team champions, you know, free bird rule, all that good stuff. So, um, I believe at this point, Bobby Fish was out with injury. Um, so Adam Cole's kind of got to step up and carry the load here a little bit more. I, I want to um, say it's an, it's an ACL injury. I could be wrong though. Um, uh, I think you're right. Odds yeah. are, odds are good there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on. 60% of his time in NXT, he was injured. Then that's being generous. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we were, let's see, 2018. Yep. Uh, March 4th, he suffered a torn ACL and torn MCL in his left knee at an NXT live event. He underwent surgery and was out of action for six months. Yeah, so uh, like I said, not surprising. More times than not, he's injured. So. So then we get Alistair Black warming up backstage. Uh, we get the video package for our next matchup. It is uh, the triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. It is also the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Uh, obviously, well, how did we get here? You know, I'm so glad that you asked. Um so we had uh, the authors of pain in in this match. They went over uh, PM sixty one. That'd be uh, oh, Mike Nichols and Shane Thorne. That's a uh, team I haven't thought about or heard, <laughs> heard in a long time, boy. Um, side note: also known as the Mighty Don't Kneel in in in, in New Japan. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, there we go, Trent. You know, you're right about that. Yeah, guess what? Shane Haste is better in New Japan than he was ever in NXT. But, you know, let it be. Um, so the Office of Pain go over them. Then the Office of Pain essentially squash the Street Profits to get to the finals. Flip over to the other side. We have we have Roddy Strong and Peter Dune. Um, they go over Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Um, one half of Pat McAfee's random stable during the COVID era. Um, then they go over um, Alexander Wolf and Eric Young of Sanity to get to the finals, where it is now a triple threat um, with the Undisputed Era. It is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. You missed something. Uh, you missed something really quick. So, so we got to the finals, and the finals were going to generate a number one contender for the tag titles. Well, Undisputed Era came out there and caused it to be a double a double disqualification. So that's right. What happened because of that? Is Regal put them uh, put them in a three way match with the winners getting the tag titles and the Dusty Cup Classic. And that and that, if I'm not mistaken, was on the Go Home episode, right? I can't remember exactly when it was, but it happened shortly uh, after or before. Um, I, I was I was going to jump in this fun fun fact: P- Peter Dune and Roddy Strong weren't even supposed to be in this tournament. Um, Tyler Tyler Bate had a had a knee injury. It was supposed to be him and Trent Seven. Uh, so that removed them and put in Peter Dune and Roddy Strong. Um, cool. I'm all. I'm all for it. Um, obviously, we'll get to the finish. Um, but what did we think of the match leading up to the finish? It was okay. I don't think it was anything crazy. Uh, I do love the fact that you get Kyle O'Reilly doing his spots because Kyle O'Reilly would shine in these spots. He would get hit, and then he'd get back up, and he would just kind of fall over Mm-hmm. Almost comically fall over, and it it was fantastic to watch. Like I, I I loved him. Um, God, if I could go back for a little bit, um, Dustin Rhodes 
the they call him the natural. He was there, and he was also there with who else before the match, uh, Mr. Coddington? Uh, he was uh, – refresh I, my memory. I, I, I have one question. I, I hate to do this to this podcast, but ain't he great? Ain't he ain't great? great. That would be J-E-double-F. J A double R E double T. He is the chosen one. Damn the right. Ch- yes. ch- ch- chosen one. King of the Mountain, is Jack. Jeff Jarrett. All right. Now we can finish this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> now we can. Great. Um, yeah. Leading up to the finish, this was a solid triple threat tag team match. Um, I don't think there was anything overly you know over the top about it um i do think that kyle o'reilly taking a lot of the bumps here for undisputed era i think it was noticeable but i also think it's fine because you do have adam cole selling on the outside while he's letting kyle o'reilly take all of these bumps and good and you know to eddie's point good on him because the man can sell his ass off. And yes, I mean, that's yes. And then two, I mean, there is some truth in this. Uh, um, Cole did, is doing double duty. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he just had a sing. It wasn't like he just had one singles match. And you got another, you know, he's got a tag match. You no, know, he was getting bumped around pretty good in that damn ladder match too. Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually pretty cool because we did an episode of undisputed era versus mustache mountain on our podcast. And it's just mm. a few months after this. I think it's the next tech takeover after this. And we broke down the tag division and you kind of talked about it, but like the amount of people that we have, you know, tag wise, you have undisputed era authors of pain, mustache mountain, TM six, one sanity street profits, even heavy machinery, Birch and Lorcan and the forgotten sons are all in NXT during this time period. Forgotten sons, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, one 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 half of that is the current Impact World Champion. I will uh, never not plug Impact Wrestling on this podcast. We know, we know. Come the fuck correct. Uh, anyway, <laughs> on to the finish here because uh, I think this is what this. Um. Pete Dunn hits a bitter end on Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, gets two count. Um, Peter Dunn's partner, Roddy Strong, comes in. Hits the end of Heartache. Drags uh, his carcass over. or Drags Kyle O'Reilly's lifeless body over Peter Dunn. Um, I'm just get the win. They are your Dusty Cup winners. Um... Everybody is shocked. Uh, thoughts? I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't shocked at all. I actually thought this was going to happen. Um, no, I haven't seen it in a while, obviously. But watching it back, I mean, you're watching the front row, and again, to the people that have no idea, because because back in those days, even though it's not that long ago, some people just watch WWE. They don't watch anything else, you know. So. When he when when um when Roddy like flips and turns, some of the people in the front row are like, bless their hearts, they they just couldn't believe it. Like, you know, like it was like, Oh my god, how, why? You know what I'm saying? And then 
I remember obviously watching this and I was like, oh, yes, like they're going to do this, you know, like not Ring of Honor stable, but Ring of Honor stable, you know, like oh, this, this is going to be great, yep. you know. And in hindsight, I mean, it, it 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 was it was undisputed era was was awesome. It makes you wonder too because they kept teasing around that he was going to join, and they did the the first War Games match, and he he Roddy teamed with the Authors of Pain. So it makes you wonder if if Bobby Fish wouldn't have gotten hurt if they would have put Roderick Strong in Undisputed Era. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. I mean, I shit. I mean, listen, no disrespect to Mister Fish, but. He ain't Roddy, I can tell you that right now. He is not Roddy Roddy Strong. Roderick yeah. Strong, uh, I'm big fan of. Uh, you boys know that. I, I sent a couple of emails out. I uh, was not pleased with what I got back, but <laughs> regardless of the fact. <laughs> okay, damn it, Eddie. Business is different, okay? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. God but, damn it. But sincerely, like this is such an influential match because this set in motion the Undisputed Era becoming a complete full version. And uh, the reaction, like you were talking about, the fans are just like, oh, and I wasn't shocked. I was just like, fuck, yes, like super excited because I love <laughs> yeah. Robert Strong. And yeah, uh, yeah. They, they're giving him something to do. And uh, they do the whole bit at the end when, you know, he pins him and he's just sitting there and Adam Cole gets in there and he's like, what the fuck? And he looks at him and he grabs his arm and then he takes the armband off and then he puts it on. And you're like, fucking right, because they were trying to recruit Roddy. But when they yeah, first showed yeah. up, that was the whole story mm-hmm. was they wanted to recruit him. And then he finally, you know, takes the armband and puts it on. Uh, it's magic. Love it. So, so uh, also, too, when this happened, my cousin's a Mark, um, just like me, a hard ROH Mark, too. So he's watching this, you know. Well, we were watching it. We were watching it together. So Roddy flips and then he calls me and he's like, you know, are you watching? I'm like, of course I am. And he's like, oh, he's like, man, he's like, this is great. And he's like, man, they need to get Haven next. And I was like, get off my damn phone. Goodbye. (laughs) 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 But Haven doesn't need to be in NXT. Uh, I I do want to ask you guys a question because I know it kind of feels cheap that Undisputed Era win the Dusty Cup, even though they weren't really in the tournament. Mm. But do you think something like the Dusty Cup would work on the main roster? Like even for like a Saudi show or something like that? I really don't because if you look at something like the King of the Ring and the Queen of the Ring, it, it, it goes to show you that you're given all of the tools to make this a successful entity or a successful tournament or a successful event even. And you look at what they did with that and it gives me zero hope that not only can they not, you know, advertise this appropriately but they can't book it right they can't book the damn thing right so not only and this is the other thing to consider with this is that with the dusty classic now that you have women's tag team wrestling you now have to have a men's dusty classic and a women's and if you really think these women's tag team matches are going longer than what the Queen of the Ring match matches went, you're fucking crazy, okay? Because they can barely work a six- to seven-minute match without without it being boring as hell. I just have no, yeah. I just have no faith. I, I understand that they want to be, they want to make it seem like it's not, it's like, you know, men can do it and women can do it, but you cheapen it when you do it like that. If you do, oh, we got the men's, men's Dusty Cup, Cup Classic over the women's one, or, you know, why not just do 
you could do just a, a May Young Classic and not maybe do 32 women, but do 16 or eight women. Uh, yeah, you don't yep. you don't have to do and make it a yearly thing, and the winner gets a the winner gets a paddle shot. Yeah, no, I I'm your two things can be right, and you're both right. Um, I'm with you, Eddie, in the sense of I think they're just missing an opportunity to do this. I mean, if you do it right and you do it consistently, um, I mean, you could almost have like not that the Dusty Classic would be a G1, but but you, but like somewhere on the lines of there, like you could actually make the Dusty Classic worth a damn and an actual honor and an actual prize to you know. Not, oh, no, it's just a trophy. Like, you know, you would have to, it has to be, but then, but then you start touching on what Todd said, it's gotta be booked seriously and correctly. And, you know, it can't just be BS. So, um, I guess they're missing the boat on this, uh, you know, obviously, but yeah, you, if with, with the right booking and the right sense of urgency and, and respect, it could be, it, I mean, it, it could be the biggest tag in front of it, you know, if, if they wanted really. Yeah, um, just the way that they did uh, the men's and women's king of the ring and queen of the ring gives me no hope for the future. And supposedly they're both coming back here soon. Um, so I hope that they've learned from their mistake with the queen of the ring. You do have talented women. You do not need to bring back legends. God damn, you brought back Trish and fucking Lita with the fucking Chris Collinsworth neck. It's fucking bad. It's it, awful. It, that's an Don't instance, too, that where we talk about, like I was just talking about, you know, instead of doing a Dusty Cup for men and women, you do like a Mae Young Classic. You mm. don't, even, don't even do a King of the Ring. Do a Queen of the Ring. Let it highlight the women. It don't have to yeah, be yeah, both. I, I'm with, yeah, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. Like, both... Men and women's can have their own deal. It doesn't have to be the same, you know. Just like you said, so you can have a dusty uh, uh, men's dusty tag and a women's queen. You know, like you you don't have to. They don't. You don't have to have every single thing mirror for mirror for mirror. You know. Yeah. Well. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but with the undisputed era winning, they are the dusty classic winners. We get them posing up on the top of the ramp with the titles and the Dusty Cup. Um, and then, of course, in that image, there's Bobby Fish off to the side with his knee in a brace on crutches. So, The interesting part about all that is Adam Cole holds the other tag title belt, and they don't let Roddy hold that belt yet. Nope. Uh, I was thinking the same thing when I watched it, Eddie. I was like, so you don't give him the belt, you know, j j just for aesthetics, you know what I mean? You don't give him the belt, so when he goes up there and gets out on one knee, you got everybody holding a little piece of gold, but, you know, hey, what do I know? Oh, and two, Todd, um, kiss my ass, Trish being back is great. No, um, Trish being back is okay. All right. I get because it's fine. I get because it's WrestleMania, she came back. Um, it, she got drafted. So it looks like long term she's gonna at least be involved in something. Um, not, but you can't you can't tell me that bringing Lita back was a good no, idea. We're not talking about Lita. We're talking about Trish. I, no one okay. said anything about that's Lita. my that's listen, my look, point. Listen, listen. If Trish that's had to all be, my point is if, if Lita had to come back to be sacrificed for Trish to get to this point, then hey, what's what? So it is written. So shall it be done? Okay. 
See, here's the difference between being a man and being a child. When I was a child, I loved Lita, but, you know, but being an adult, I looked at Trish and I was like, I love Trish. Yeah. Trish has aged well. She has, oh my God. And she's good. Like, like is she, she in the is eyes? Good. 100%. <laughs> But 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 the but the 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 promo she cut the other day was good. Like yeah. hey, you know, all, you know, all you guys can, or you girls can kiss my ass. I paved the road for this. Blah blah blah. Like it's good stuff. Yeah. Everything everything she says is believable. Everything yes, she's she's doing is believable. She's wearing all black. I mean, I don't know. You know. Yes, ma'am. ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, <laughs> please yes, ma'am. ma'am I, I'm so sorry. I have a, please, ma'am. Can I have another? I don't understand the problem. <laughs> Like she's she's not the problem. Lita, Lita is the problem. I'm yeah, not. yeah. Thirteen year old me's like fuck you, but now thirty four year old me's like yeah, you right. Yeah. <laughs> she's good. I love seeing that exposed thong. Stop it. Uh, now it's all about granny panties. Um, <laughs> we get the commercial for. The tag match at WrestleMania, Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle versus Stephanie and Triple H. Um, we get a five-hour energy commercial. Um, we get um, we get Nina Strauss at ringside. She would go on to play Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance the next night at WrestleMania. She's smoking hot um, as well. So I want to get that out of the out of the way. Agreed. Also, she's a guitarist, so I feel like that's right in your wheelhouse. It is. Yeah, I know it. Sick bastard. Uh, <laughs> I'm me. Uh, I am what I am. Choke <laughs> me with one of those guitar strings. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Safe with pineapple. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, we've all we've all seen you know what Jeff deals with on a day to day basis. So there's that. <laughs> the uh, most confusing uh, text message I got ever. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this house I was raining randomly in. Bang! It's like, why were you there? Well, I I forget that like everybody else knows my deal, and like you know, you guys didn't. So like when I sent it, I was like, ah, this there probably needs to be some context. <laughs> yeah, there was none. It was... Yeah, sorry. I, I just I uh, just assumed. I was like, am I missing something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh... From now on, just send that picture to random people and just see what the response is. There. I'm going no to. Contacts. I'm going to save it for myself. I'm people. <laughs> I got a buddy at work. I'm going to send it to. He'll get it. <laughs> somebody's uh, somebody's going to pro- profit from you know that they only we're, fans. We're looking for Waldo. Where's he at? Find him. <laughs> Listen. Let me let me tell you, and I'm going to submarine this shit for a great reason. Um. That's a man's perspective. I showed it to my wife, and the first thing she goes like, "Oh, she's just selling all that." Was she, testing love, it? Is she testing it before she fucking sells it. And I, I mean, love my wife. And look, I love, I love my wife to death. I would only person on planet Earth that I would probably take a bullet for. But look, you can't tell me that unboxed dildos on a fucking shelf is is you selling it. I, I, I again, I've I've never um, never sold drugs or. You know, being a part of that community, but I I've heard a million times. Some people say you don't you don't smoke your own supply, right? <laughs> there you go. Don't get high yeah. on your own supply. <laughs> I, I I gotta say, like you almost have to admire the fact that they were displaying all of their toys with in such glory because you know everyone has a drawer 
that they keep some some questionable shit in. This person has fucking shelves upon shelves of just big old fucking cocks just on the shelf. <laughs> Which brings, you a didn't. Whole new, brings a whole new term to Jamie to, to, to Richards' death what? squad. The, the, my you, favorite thing about all of this is nobody has any fucking context to this but us, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go too deep with it for that reason on purpose. Like, yeah. was, what you didn't see was like the light and the chair that, like, you know, I can only met. Well, never mind. I'm not even gonna. This is a wrestling podcast. Damn it. Fuck it. Yes. For context, yes. for context, uh, Jeff shares a picture of this woman's base, this woman's basement, um, and it's just. Uh, like a fucking Walmart shelf of just sex toys and like swings, swings and fucking dicks, dicks upon dicks upon dicks, just dicks, <laughs> dicks. I just, I just can't stop seeing dicks. Like, like, and that's all the context you need for that. And the fact that he just sends it to the group with zero context is like. Well, I okay, again, I okay. I apologize. I forget. Cod, you know, you, you, Kod, you I knew it there. immediately. Like, yeah, Look. like Cod, you, you, like you've seen some of like the hoarders and like you know, like oh you've seen it, like, man, you've seen them over, over the years. I just forgot that you know some of my my newer friends here um aren't privy to the. <laughs> To the, to the game, if you will. I was just, I was just shocked. I was like, where's the fucking context of this? Like, where are you? Why are you there? <laughs> I, I didn't think about up? that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Look, I've 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 seen Jeff send pictures, and I swear it's um, a screenshot of like the next episode of fucking hoarders. I swear, it's it's shit's getting deep type of like trash and stacks of shit, it's, and it's those people that are like. Come on in, follow the path. Follow the path. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I got it. See that red? He'll show you the way. Yeah. Now I got it. You think it's bad now, Eddie? Wait, wait, wait. Give me about another half an hour to get off this podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're like, what? I'm not going <laughs> to say anything. I'm just going to start dropping them. <laughs> I felt I like this is a HIPAA violation. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's probably something. Probably something. But hey, listen, this is what it is. Mr. Coddington. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Mr. Coddington has left the call, huh? He must He must have found his own shelf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got choked up. <laughs> oh, the, uh, too close to home? <laughs> too soon? <laughs> oh hey, hey buddy! I can't, I can't hear you. We, we broke that whole thing. Broke the podcast. <laughs> we we thought you got choked up on a fake penis. <laughs> um, unless we you, you were Jeff, and I'm fucking white bread missionary for life. And just... Like ooh, doggy style tonight. Got it. Okay. Jeez. This yeehaw. This got submarine quick. This is this yeah. is. Just well, that's okay rails. because Zelina. That's okay because Zelina Vega's coming up next. And Good, this segue. Is NXT, Good segue. Good yep. segue. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our NXT Championship match between Champion Andrade Cien Almas <laughs> and Alistair Black. 
And what a crazy world we live in where Alex. It is a crazy world that we live in. I think what my friend's trying to say here is, um, you know, one night you catch the area flight home from San Diego. and <laughs> It's a goddamn magic show. <laughs> The strangers have at your closet, right? They put double team your wife like a goddamn magic show. <laughs> I think what my first try to say here is true love is blind. <laughs> this is the best podcast ever. Oh, God, so unprofessional. Oh, mercy Jesus. So, oh. so Alistair Black and uh, <laughs> uh Selena Vega. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, actually kind of cool because the these guys actually started like Alistair Black's first match in NXT was against Andrade one year prior at Takeover Orlando. Yeah, this is um I'm joking but I'm serious like hey remember when WWE didn't do anything with Andrade and he went to AEW and they didn't do anything with Andrade and the only place anybody's done anything with Andrade was NXT. Yeah, I remember that because that's what's going on right now. But yes, these two guys are... It's cool to... I enjoyed this match so much, but it's also cool to see two different guys that look completely different, have two completely different wrestling styles from two completely different backgrounds and they come together in this holy matrimony of this match, and it's just an absolute... I don't mean like banger as in like spot fest. I mean like it's just so, such such a good match. And shout out to Selena Vega too because she's doing all the heel work, all the legs on the ropes, all the Hurricane Rana while the ref's bumped. It's just really, really good. It's a lot of... Sometimes less is more, and to me, I guess it has spots, it has this, and it has that, but it's all tasteful, and it's everything's done for a reason. We're not just doing things to do them. Oh, and on top of that, we're actually portraying two competitive uh, wrestlers with emotion, trying to... Uh, don't take this the wrong way, but people don't understand. Sometimes when you're wrestling, you're trying to hurt the other person, and I don't mean like, oh my goodness, in real life, people have families. I'm like, yes, I understand that. But in the context of wrestling, sometimes you want to hurt the other person. And that's what was kind of going on here in spots. And it's a really good wrestling match. It's so underrated. It is. The the, the biggest problem with uh, Andrade into Aleister Black's title run is they're, they're not main eventing because the story of Ciampa and Gargano is a more compelling story than the title, which is not always the case. It doesn't happen very often. But in this scenario, it it, it, it kind of is, and Black suffers from it. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'll and I will follow up with that because um, we can even take a look forward here for just a brief second at uh, Takeover Chicago coming up um, in June of this year, and it's a very similar sit- uh, situation where. Your main event is Ciampa Gar- uh, Gargano. That's the street fight. Oh, sorry. Um, Chicago street fight. Insert and, city here. Yep. Insert in, in insert city here, street fight. Um, and then the match right before that is Aleister Black defending against Lars Sullivan. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I mean, Lars Sullivan is okay. He's not a main event guy. So in a case like this, I mean, it makes sense for them not to main event because Lars Sullivan is not that guy. But it, it, his title run, you're right, did kind of take take a hit here because when we're not having the world champion main event shit, it's fucking annoying. But don't worry. By the time we get to SummerSlam and we're at TakeOver Brooklyn, um, it's, you know, Gargano Champion in the main event again. Um, but this is the last man standing match, and it's for the title, and... So this it ends this, up being fun. this scenario kind of reminds me of the Punk having the world heavyweight title, and then Sean and Jericho feuding, and they took the title off Punk because they said that story needed the title. Oh yep. uh, fuck! Yep. Of course, CM Punk's involved in this shit now. Ryan, well, while you were while you were looking at your shelf, your beautiful shelf back there of uh, exotic toys, I, I mentioned that. A year prior to this at TakeOver Orlando, mm. Black would make his debut defeating Andrade. Oh, yeah. That's right. When he when he still had the fucking dollar signs on his fucking tights. Yep. Oh. Yeah, Which is kind of right. cool that it's full circle a year later, and now they're competing for the NXT title. Yeah, they should have main evented, but I get it. I mean, it's tough to, you know, it's it's tough to not have the main event be the main event. But um, if this were to be the main event, I could see it possibly going five to 10 minutes longer, um, which I feel like I would have been upset with because I enjoyed the pace of this match. It didn't overstay its welcome. Um, the finish is great. The finish is great. Yes. Yeah. Everything about this is good. It's really, really good. Um, Andrade, it's the hammerlock DDT. Alistair Black kicks. Um, and then Delina Vega tries to get involved. Um, Andrade catches her. He eats a black mass. Match over. Again, the whole match was centered around Zelina Vega having her nose right in the middle of whatever was going on. Um, and then it's kind of what bit her in the end. What bit her and Andrade in the end. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the story. Really enjoyed the finish of this match. Yep. And this is Andrade's swan song because he would show up and, and be drafted with Zelina to SmackDown a few weeks later. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sure. They did a lot with that. Well, you know, a lot of people say that the matches he had with Rey Mysterio were really fucking good, though. Yeah. Yeah, facts. Facts. So Andrade would go... So this is 2018. Gosh. It feels like so long ago that, you know, it was you know, the pandemic era and, you know, Andrade was with Zelina still, but was still about to be with, you know, Angel Garza. And then you'd get Theory and... Ugh. It's a blur. Yeah, really yeah. is. It, um, the early days of the, the pandemic wrestling stuff really is like that. It, it is very blurry for me. Holy shit. Do you know who his, do you know who Andrade's first feud was on SmackDown? 
Uh, it is Sin Cara, is it not? It's fucking Sin Cara in 2018. Oh, man. You gotta make that transition, man. Gosh, dang it. Um, Ada lost to AJ. Uh, this is, we're in July now, but then, um, Andrade and Zelina Vega would be in a short feud with Rusev and Lana. Scissor me timbers. Yeah. Um, and then, um, by the beginning of 2019, he would just be going to the name Andrade. Uh, I I I just, I just hate the shortening of the name. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like that's the only connection on the surface that you that your fans have with this talent. If yeah. you know, I mean, you know, if any, if people are watching NXT. So what's stupid is now you have fans that are like, oh wait, is that still in the same Andrade or is it Andrade Cien Almas or? You know, is he is he too good for Cien Almas, or is it a different end? It, it's it's just it's just bullfuckery that doesn't need to happen. You know, that's just like saying when the the War Raiders became the Viking Experience for like a week. Jeez, mm, yeah, Viking Experience, baby. Yuck. Uh, speak speak for yourself. <laughs> mm. It sure was an experience. Um, so we do transition from that. We get a commercial for AJ and Shinsuke for the next night at Mania. Um, Triple H is going to be on Facebook Live later. Cool. Um, there was the video clip from earlier today showing Johnny Gargano signing his hold harmless agreement. Um, and they have to remind you that. Uh, it means that he can't sue WWE or hold them responsible if he gets injured. Sure. Um, the best, shortest way to put this is um, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa uh, DIY. Um, they did not get the job done at TakeOver last May. Um and he essentially turned, um, eventually had to miss time because he tore his ACL in the goddamn match. Shit. Um, I believe he was, he was injured previous before the match, before they even went into the you match. You know what? I think, I think we fucking covered this. Yeah. We did, didn't we? Yeah. We fucking covered this. Yeah. yeah. Now that Tyler you Bate say that. And yep. Pete Dunn had their match on that show. Yeah, we did. Yep. yep. yep we sure it's did. A fucking circle. Oh my gosh. Ah, see, like I said, it just feels right. Mm -hmm. So he would be off TV even av after that. Um, we already talked about Philly a little bit. Uh, Gargano's close. Champa cost him the title, cost him his job. So now we're into this where, you know, Gargano technically doesn't have a job, so he has to sign this hold harmless agreement. Um, let me just tell you right out of the gate. Um, first of all, match of the night. Um, second of all, Tommaso Ciampa entering to no music, the best decision of the night, dude. It he is getting fuck you, Ciampa chance 
asshole, you suck. And he's just eating it all up. Hasn't didn't say anything. Walked down to the ring with no music, and that was it. <laughs> didn't come out and like, yeah, 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 f you, give it to me, you know, like let me. Nope, just walked down to the ring, very stoic, no music, and boy, I mean, they just wanted to saw his head off. It was great. Yeah, and it didn't need you didn't need anything else, and. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't have been a disservice if he had if he had music. I mean, no, it's it, this added to the already building storyline that you have going in into this match. And let's be straight up, though. This is a match where if Johnny Gargano wins, he gets his job back. If he loses, he's gone from NXT. The story with him and the NXT championship isn't over yet. So I think it was very difficult for us as fans to try to come to the realization that Tommaso Champ was going to come in and win this thing. I I disagree. I feel like at this point Johnny Gargano was having such good matches that he was about to get called up. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like him getting screwed out of the title, I feel like that was something that he needed to do to like complete his NXT journey a little bit. So that's why I was really thinking Chapa couldn't have won this, but I do see what you're saying. Um, because at this point, I mean, he's Johnny wrestling, he's Johnny takeover. Like there's not a match that he hasn't had that he hasn't knocked out of the park, you know? So a call up would, would have, would have definitely, I think been fine. Um, but the whole the whole aesthetic coming into this match, um, Johnny Gargano, huge pop. It, it's it's just it's just a perfect setup, and the crowd's eating it up. We're eating it up. Commentary's eating it up. There's a bunch of Mama Mia's come coming up. Um, there's a yeah, Mama Mia chance. We haven't even put over the fact that Nigel McGuinness and Mauro Ronaldo is on commentary this whole show and it's fucking killing it. Percy Watson's still there, but no one gives a shit about Percy. But it was, <laughs> was fucking say, fantastic. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, don't forget about Percy. Hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the crazy thing, too, about this that I noticed as it being unsanctioned, the ref is wearing an NXT polo and not a ref shirt. I thought that was a good touch. Uh, when you say the ref, you mean Drake Younger. Yeah, that cuck. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm trying to find Drake older at some point. <laughs> oh, he's more dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And the oh, cool thing, I'm, the, I'm good. the cool thing about all this though is this feud stemmed all the way back to the cruiserweight classic. If you really want to think about it, yep. They they faced off in the final qualifying round of the cruiserweight classic, and uh, they. He Jane Johnny catches him like he rolls him up and they both just sit in the ring and they both just kind of like and then they have a callback to that moment in this match after they beat the piss out of each other and he's beating the shit out of him with that crutch and Tompa's eyes all fucking swollen up. Oh it's fucking awesome. Oh he beat the fucking ever loving shit out of him with that crutch. I mean th this mm. is th this match is prob this match is better than I'm about to watch this uh, again. I'm about to watch uh, this again. Oh boy! This well, match no, no. I'm just this saying. Match is like, on our list too. 
Like, Ooh. like, yeah, like, think of AEW. Is, is this match better than, any, than anything you've ever seen on AEW? It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, here, that, here, I'll go ahead and I'm put saying. it this way. I'll go ahead and put it this way. Um, the, um, I would rather watch this again than watch the MJF Brian Danielson match. I didn't think it was a five and a half star match by any means. Oh, neither did I. But nor but, was nor nor was it a five star match. But that's, it's that's, just, it's the storytelling, and then this like oh, it's so good. The wrestling's so good. The storytelling's so good. Again, two guys that want to hurt each other. It's it's so good. Well, it's it's everything about this match because it's it you could this could have been the culmination to the story. Like they didn't have to have any more matches. This could have been the culmination of the story. hundred percent. And you see Ciampa take a fucking power bomb from the apron to the concrete floor, and yeah. the goddamn crowd chants, "You deserve it." Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, because. And- when you, I'm sorry to cut you off, Eddie, but but that that's called real wrestling and real like that's real heat. That's not like oh, we just want our favorite wrestler to win. No, it's like hey, you motherfucking scumbag, you deserve it. You know, like be, because you do because you're the worst, and it's called real heat. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. The match lived up to the the hype uh, at the time, and it's still my it's my favorite match between the two. And uh, yeah. like I was saying too, it's on my it's on my list for uh, wrestling recommendations. It's it, I would love to cover this one soon. Um, hopefully, the Will of Destiny helps me out. Hmm. Um, there is one point just to hop on all the heat that Chapa has in this match. At one point, Maronello is like, "He's a sadistic son of a bitch," and I'm like, and "I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that's a great that's a great call." Yeah, it's it's the maturation of everything working how it's supposed to. Every commentary all the way into the ring into every like like Eddie Eddie said, even with, with Drake Younger, like it just a little touch of like, hey, well, it's not a real match, so I'm just gonna be in the polo and not the actual ref shirt. It's good. All of it. Yeah, I think uh like I said, it, it's it, it's my favorite match between the two. I just it, it's hard to top, and I think it's justified, and I'm a big supporter of that the title belt should be your most important thing on your show this feud was way bigger than the nxt title yep yeah well this is this is dare i say a blood feud without any blood imagine that Mm -hmm. you know like however i do think if both men were bleeding it would have meant even more of this match i think okay it's okay to do it sometimes just not every week yes yes (laughs) are those guys still kicked off twitter are they reinstated (laughs) They just oh, gotta boy. put it in black and white, just because you know blood. Now, uh, mm. yeah, well, speaking of blood, um, you know Drake Younger um, had a death match with John Moxley, um, AEW's number one top star, best wrestler in at least the last decade, um, PWI's top wrestler for 2022, best promo cutter for 2022. Oh. Um, why, top champion why, for 2022. Why are you doing this? <laughs> just, just to fucking piss you off. We, we've already ruined the show. <laughs> um, fucking Ryan. Yeah, pretty much. Um, this I don't think we can do this the justice that it truly deserves. We could probably go spot for spot here and tell you what it is, but this is one of those matches that you need to feel it. 
You just have to you watch know? it. Yeah, and it's when you watch it, you get to feel the emotion and the hatred and everything you want in a pro wrestling match. This is what you want. Yes, yeah, it is. When I think of a feud that is physical, it's emotional. Uh, it has a story that you can follow, and it's a simple story to follow. Mm-hmm. And they make it for something, but even it didn't have to be for you know Champa to get or uh, Gargano to get his career, you know, stay in NXT. This could have been the blow off match. Yeah, like, yeah. It, they didn't need you know anything else after this. I'm I'm okay that they did that, but they could have had this, and then both men go their separate ways after that, and then revisit it later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, sure enough, Champa is—he uh, wins the title just a few months later. Mm-hmm. Rightfully yeah. so, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love—I—I I, I just can't stop harking on this enough. I just love when guys, you know, again, modern, old school wrestling kayfabe is gone. Real heat is gone, but I love guys, and I love it when guys get real heat. And man. Tampa has real heat here. It's just so refreshing. God, yeah. it's so refreshing. I love when guy. I love when the crowd and and the audience, you know, like treat a guy like he's a piece of shit. And I know that sounds. <laughs> I I I know that sounds terrible. But if you're a wrestling purist, you understand what I'm saying, Eddie. Like you, you get what I'm saying. Like he's obviously not a piece of shit personally, but you you know what I'm saying. Like I I I love when like the fans come together and like hey. You might like we may not agree on a lot of things, but we agree that this guy's a piece of shit and he needs to pay for you know what he's done or what he hasn't done. You know what I mean? And that's that's what you have here with Champa. And he again, he's just drinking it in. It's so good. God, it's so good. Well, the best feuds are like that though. Oh, well, a hundred percent. But we the, the, now, Eddie, those are few and far between. I mean, that's a yeah. thing, a thing of the past at this point. That's called real wrestling, but. Nobody knows what that is anymore, but no, I, I um, really do believe yeah. that um, mm-hmm. this is the peak of the black and gold brand. I, you could say this show is the peak of the black and gold brand. I think it's just you could justify that. I, you also could say maybe the peak is when Adam Cole wins the NXT title. Um, but to me, that this is probably the the peak of the black and gold brand. Yeah. Agreed a hundred percent. Yeah. Because even after this, you would still have the next two matches in the feud with, you know, with, with Gargano Champa. This is still the best of at least that trilogy. Um, there is, there's nothing like what you're seeing now. The roster, it, it doesn't get better than what it is now. Uh, it's. I mean, uh, that, that's no, that's that's fine. That's fine. I think I think with the except I think with the exception of one or two people, you got to remember we're about to lose some guys to the draft. So even though we're gonna get some talent, whether it's from the main roster or from you know Ring of Honor, yeah. um, Indies, whatever, you still have guys on the roster who can carry the brand. Well, not only yeah. that, too, you're also getting Matt Riddle, you're also getting Keith Lee, and you're also getting Damian Priest right around the same time as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then not too far down the line here, we'd get Swerve, right? 
Uh, he comes in, I believe, in 2019. So, yeah, about a year. Because yeah. he has his last show with us in March of 2019. So, yeah. Yeah, and a, a lot of guys that you see on this card are the ones that you see, you know, in the next two to three take takeover shows. Um, we're going to come to the end of this year, and we're going to have the War Games match where we have Matt Riddle's de- debut. And, you know, we get, you know, Shayna, Shayna Baszler's on this card. Kyrie Sane's on this card. Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Vel- Velveteen Dream, Undisputed Era, Pete Dunne, Ricochet, the War Raiders. So a, a, a great majority of who we're seeing on this card here and now, you're going to be seeing for the next year. You know, and it's even though we do get guys like Keith Lee and Swerve, um, this is still a top-notch roster. There's a not not a lot that can top it. I agree, hundred yeah. mm-hmm. percent. Um, but we we even talk about how there's like no rest holds in this whole match. No, they literally just beat the piss out of each other for thirty seven minutes. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and when you see a match that's 37 minutes long, there's a couple schools of thought there. The one in you know commonplace these these days is um, the greatest wrestling match ever. You know, with with Randy Orton and Edge, and they go about 44 minutes. I think as far as a non gimmick match, I think that's as long as we get. Um, it could be that, or it could be what we actually got, which is a lot better. Um, so I don't, I don't think the match length, it seems like a, like a long match, but it breezes by, there's not a dull moment in this match. It's a, it's a very easy watch for the match to be that long. It yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's a 37 minute long match because you're yeah. so. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, we didn't even talk about the finish. The finish is, is the whole the whole kit and caboodle here, um, it, it's it's the whole thing with the brace and the crutch. Um, Gargano hits Champa in the knee with the brace. Um, Gargano breaks the crutch. He goes to hit Champa. He stops. He throws it down. Like there's a very brief pause and moment in time where where he just stares and. It's just, it's just everything you want, and I know I keep saying that, but this is, it, this no, but, is, but you're right. The facts. It, it is. No, it is. Yeah, it, it and is. it's, it's like I was telling you, like where they have that moment at the cruiserweight classic when they're sitting next to each other, and Chomp is like, "You got me." It's like it, it goes full circle to that moment when they're sitting, mm-hmm. and then they think everything's gonna be cool, and then Champa goes to hit Gargano, and Gargano ducks. And then he puts him in Gargano escape, and then he grabs that knee brace and just wrenches back on his face, and Chompa has to tap. It's it's fantastic. It's 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 damn near perfect. Yes. There's 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 not a lot of matches that 
can balance the in-ring work and the storytelling and the ring psychology and the selling, this is up there. It re- it, it really is. You know, and people are going to, will probably look at this and like, oh, well, you know, it wasn't on the main roster. Yeah, it was on the main roster. You can never have a match of this caliber and this much investment on the main roster. If you think about it, because we talk about the Sami Zayn blood bloodline storyline and how it's the best wrestling storyline, at least in the last 10 to 15 years. Yes. Yes. The only one that probably holds a candle to it, you could talk Brian Brian Danielson. You know, WrestleMania 30, you could talk about that. I mean, that that's probably as close as it gets. But this is a this is another one that I think after the third match, we shouldn't have had any more matches, especially if you know you've had your three matches, we have a definitive person. There really isn't anything on the line here for the fourth match. So, but I still think it's a solid match. It gets a lot of flack because I think it's forced. But the the feud here is definitely the best one in NXT history. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's for not sure. close. And as far as main roster feuds, it's got to be up there. It has to be. Well, I'm just chomping at the bits to know that. We may be getting Gargano and Ciampa as a tag team again. Really? Yeah. That would be fantastic. Um, the only thing I could see holding that back is um, so we have Candice LeRae, Donnie Gargano, Dexter Loomis, Indy Hart- Hartwell. So we could be getting the way in the meantime. Until Gargano or until Ciampa is healthy, um, which is fine, because remember, um, it's the greatest love story NXT has ever told. Yeah. I fucking love Index. It's, it's it's good. Jeff over here shitting shitting on him. It is mm. it is the best wedding segment they have ever done on, in wrestling. It is the best. Yeah, the best wedding segment <sighs> they've <ever> done. <laughs> Number two, Stephanie and Triple H. Oh, yeah. Passed out Stephanie. Passed out Stephanie. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unconscious <laughs> Stephanie. There we go. Oh, way different time back then, boy. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that, but that. Perhaps nobody debuting, nobody ruining the moment. It's done. Um, we watched it. We've talked about it. We've reminisced. Um, we've talked about more cocks than I thought we would have for this show. Actually, um, the over/under. We're actually still under. So I get oh, it. Shit. Well, uh-uh. well. Um, is as far as NXT Takeover shows, is this the cock of the walk? Is this the best NXT Takeover show of all time? I think it's. I think it. it it's definitely a top. A top three. It's a top three. I would say no. Interesting. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm I'm trying to wrap my brain over what other show could I say from top to bottom is just solid. But this is is definitely up there. 
Yeah, was it? I can't remember. Was it Seattle that was good? I can't remember. Oh, you talking about uh, Port Portland? Portland, yeah, Portland. I think that was the one right before the pandemic. It was. That's Keith Lee and uh, Dijak have that yes. insane match. Yeah. Yes. I'd have um, to. I, I'd have to put put my brain on paper and go through these actually. So according to Cage Match. Um, this is um, a 9.56 out of 10. So it is the highest rated takeover show in NXT history. Right, yeah. be- right behind it, very close, is TakeOver New York from 2019. That was 9.51 out of 10. Um, that one had um, the two out of three falls match with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. Um, Walter versus Pete Dunn, which is a five star match, so Dave can go fuck himself. It is a good match. God damn it! And, and list. Bull fucking shit! It's the best match of the weekend, and I'll go and I'll and that's a hill I'll die on because Johnny Gargano, Adam Adam Cole for me, too many false finishes in the end. Yeah, it, it, it just way too many. The, this... the problem with Adam Cole and Gargano's feud is they try to replicate what they did with Ciampa. Oh. Uh-oh. Mm. Think lost Ryan. For the last time. Back for the, you know, back for the last time. Yeah, I, 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 I'd argue it's about time to pull the plug on this thing. The universe doesn't want us on here anymore. Huh? I think you're right. Um, I, I was going to say, I was going to say he was talking about cage match uh, on the next episode that we're dropping of wrestling recommendations. It's Benoit versus uh, Angle from Royal Rumble 2003, <clears throat> yeah. and it's their it's the highest rated match between the two guys. It's, I think I want to say it's Kurt Angle's highest match. Um, but if you guys get a chance, go on to cagematch.net and look up the Royal Rumble 2003 and look up the match between Benoit and yeah. Kurt Angle. And it most people rate it like a nine point six or something like that. There is one guy who rates that match a one out of ten, and you need to read the reason why. <laughs> it boggle your mind. I talk about it on the new episode. But, wow! Uh, I I got I, I we're we're doing this live. I'm gonna look it up now. Uh, I mean, so I told Travis this about is... it. He was like, "This is ridiculous." I'm like. Uh, like I saved it for the very end of the episode to tell Travis because I didn't want him to get too heated. So is this the one he doesn't rate quite a five star match? It's literally a one out of ten. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Holy shit! What the fuck? Why is this fucking goober mate rate this a one? So read it. Is, <laughs> is there a way to fucking oh com- comments? There we go. Uh, sort comments by rating. I'll submit. Yeah, this has never done it for me. Kurt Angle was so damn boring in his heat segments. There was nothing good, interesting, or compelling about them. Kurt's selling was also pretty bad, too. Benoit was clearly the better man here. And honestly, Angle came off as a poor man's Benoit. Benoit's good selling carried the match, but it wasn't enough to make it good. 
And and th- this is the time that we close this podcast down for I throw my goddamn phone out the window. <laughs> I read um, it and I was just like, what? What match did this man watch? <laughs> yeah. Um, just some other NXT um high high rated cards according to Cage Cage match. Um number three is is uh Takeover Dallas from 2016. Um we've also covered that here. Yep. Um Nakamura that's not, and Sammy. Yep. I'll still take it to the grave. That's one of the best NXT ma- matches of all time. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's 9.28 out of five out of 10. Sorry. Um, number four is takeover. Our evolution from 2014, 9.7 out of 10. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of rock hard on there too, which is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, CJ. Yeah. Good old CJ Parker. CJ Parker. Um, number five is Chicago 2017, 9.09 out of 10. This is we covered oh, that one. Authors of Pain DIY. Yep, we have covered that. Go check that out. We'll share it. Um, take over Brooklyn 2017. Um, that's debut of the Undisputed Era. Um, Drew McIntyre wins the title off of Bobby. Oh, Andrade's on that card too. War Games 2018 is on the list. Portland 2020 um, is the eighth highest rated takeover, 9.05 out of 10. Adam Culver's Tommaso Ciampa, Rosa Waits versus Undisputed Era, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I would say I remember that one being pretty good. Dakota Kai versus Tegan Knox in a street fight, Um, and Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. it's a oh, that's man. a damn good card. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to cover that. I almost forgot Finn Balor went back to NXT. I almost forgot all about that. Yep. It's a blur. Yeah. Back for the first time. Yeah. Um, well, with that, we will wrap it up. Um, Eddie, what do we got coming down the pipe here for wrestling recommendations or other? Uh wrestling recommendations, like we were already talking about Kurt Angle. Chris Benoit from uh, Royal Rumble 2003. If you guys aren't familiar with how our concept works, like I know we always talk about on our podcast, but we literally just have a list of matches that me and Travis both think are awesome. It's our recommendations. So we put it in a randomizer and um, shuffle it up, and we spin the wheel, make the deal, and whatever it lands on, that's the next match we cover. Spoiler alert, uh, the next match we're covering is Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Henning from 1986 AWA. An hour long match. I'm really excited to cover this one. Wow, we're, we're, uh, that's on the network, or were you guys watching that at? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay, let me know. No, 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 let me know because I need to see that. Anytime I, watch that. It, it, I know it, it is available on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if it's on the network or not, just because okay, Peacock perfect. is so spotty with some of that old stuff. So, um, yeah. but we get to talk about um, Nick Bockwinkle because, like, a, less than a year later, he retires after that match. And um, it's pretty impressive that he was three-time AWA champion. And two of the three times that he lost it uh, was because a wrestler or a promoter paid Vern Gagne to mm-hmm. get the title off him yes. for the notoriety. He yes. paid like $50,000 to become champion. It's fucking stupid. Wrestling's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, like I said, right now that episode uh, should be available now when this episode's available. So check us out on all social medias and uh, wherever pl- uh, podcasts are available. Wrestling recommendations. We just this is our thirtieth thirtieth episode. 
I believe. Yep. Yeah, you can check them out at Wrestling Reckham on Twitter. Um, speaking of Twitter, Jeff, where can he find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M Hall one on Twitter. What else do you have going on, Jeff? Um, that's about it. That's about it. Uh, Subbranding this show. Yeah, weekly. Um, yeah. Um, we have backlash this weekend. Your uh, reigning defending predictions champion uh, will be putting his title on the line against the peasant Jeff. Uh, so be sure to tune in for that. Um, check out uh, the Wrestling Purist podcast um, on Twitter and on TikTok, uh, WPPod1. Uh, you can listen to this on all streaming platforms where you can get your podcasts. Um, next week, Jeff and I uh, back in the saddle again covering Super Showdown from 2018. Um, this was the one in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Eddie, you are familiar with this show because you guys just covered a match on it. We did. We covered Cedric Alexander versus uh, Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight title. Match is a fucking banger on there, boys. Um, yeah. yeah, this also has, um, I think it's called the Last in a Lifetime match. I'm not really sure how that whole thing works uh, with Triple H and The Undertaker, but... It's a thing. <laughs> and you know what uh, that leads into. We're going to cover that this year, too. So, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, for the Brothers of Destruction in DX. Um, like I said, we'll be covering that next week. Um, but until then, please be sure to check out Eddie and Travis over at Wrestling Recommendations. Check out all of our old stuff. Um but until then, uh, continue to stay safe, uh, continue to support local wrestling, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. <laughs>